Hello, and thank you for joining us for this episode of the Elevation Podcast Series, presented by the Colorado PGA. My name is Holly Champion, and I'm the Colorado PGA's Education Director. This week, we will be elevating our understanding of women in leadership. I'm joined by our co-host, Kathy Matthews-Kane, PGA General Manager at the Country Club of Colorado and Colorado PGA's Board Secretary. Kathy is a passionate leader within the golf industry and is determined to help others succeed. Our guest this week is Donna Orender, a highly respected corporate business leader. Donna has been recognized as one of the top 10 most powerful women in sports and one of Newsweek's 100 most influential people in the business of sports. She is also a sought after speaker on topics such as leadership, teamwork, motivation, and gender and diversity issues. Throughout her career, she has served in capacities such as the president and commissioner of the WNBA, and Senior Vice President of Strategic Development within the Office of the Commissioner for the PGA Tour. Donna's passion for sports began as a child where she played in seven different sports and continued through college, leading to her three-year playing career in the Women's Professional Basketball League where she earned all-star status. Please enjoy this episode of the Elevation Podcast. Kathy Matthews-Kane, thank you both so much for joining us for an episode of the Elevation Podcast Series, focusing on women's leadership in sports. Um, Donna, if I could start off with you, just tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, and uh, why you're so passionate about women's leadership in sports. Wow, that, okay. Um, a little bit about me. I'm, I'm uh, an athlete. Even at this stage of my life, I still think of myself as an athlete. I was a girl that loved sports, all of them. Competed in seven sports in high school. I will say, you know what? You look back and these days are so much better, but I have to say the ability for youth in particular to participate in as many sports as they can is something we're losing. And that is not a good thing. Um, but it was a great thing for me. And ultimately, I became enamored and passionate about the, the game of basketball, which is something I still am. And I played it at all levels. I played it in high school. I played at an elite team in college. We made history. I played it professionally in the first women's professional league. And every step of that experience was a unbelievable mirror that showed me who I was. And it was also a window into my soul that actually taught me who I can be. And um, ultimately, I worked in television and sports television. And one thing led to another. And I had an amazing 17-year experience, ultimately ending up as one of the most senior executives at the PGA Tour, men's professional golf. Uh, that led to another invitation, which was to become the commissioner of the WNBA. Um, and all every experience along the way has framed my life. Uh, and taught me how important sports are as a valuable lesson. And um, that's why I'm so passionate about women's leadership, especially women's leadership in sports, because if we really look at the world um, and how it currently is, although right now it is in turmoil, which I think uh, is painful, but definitely educational in ways that can help us be better. Um, sports teaches us so much how to live, how, how to communicate, how to be good teammates, how to persevere, how to win, but also how to lose. And um, therein lies my passion. Awesome. Thank you. And Kathy, tell us a little bit about your background. 
Well, I'm the general manager at the Country Club of Colorado at Cheyenne Mountain Resort. And my road's a similar uh, in nature to Donna. So I grew up in a small town in Newfoundland, Canada, The uh, where Come From Away started. And it's uh, kind of the edge One of the of earth. My favorite things in the whole world. I yes. love that. You were. I am sure you're one of the characters in that show. I am sure of it. <laughs> so I'm a Newfoundlander, and um, I chased a dream to play college golf. But like Donna, I played a lot of sports growing up. I played tennis. I'm a downhill skier. Um, but I was a very, very competitive figure skater, which is where my life really was. And I learned, hey, this golf thing is real fun, and I get to travel, and it's warm, and I'm not in rinks and arenas. So um, I was so fortunate to have gotten a college golf scholarship to Iowa State um, in Ames, and that's how I came to America. So that's where my um, journey began. And I'm now an American. Um, after college golf, I was fortunate to become an assistant professional at the Broadmoor here in Colorado Springs. And that career there lasted 14 years, a couple of opens, and I got my PGA Class A. And um, here I am today as the general manager at the Country Club of Colorado. A rock star, I might add. <laughs> I'll echo that. I've got a couple of rock stars on today, so that's fantastic. Um, so for both of you, obviously, athletics has been a big part of your life. It has in mine as well as, you know, growing up a, a golfer and um, going to college to play golf and, and become a PGA professional as well. Um, how important is it to have athletics in your life as a young woman? I know the three of us sound like we were incredibly touched by some kind of sports um, growing up. If not, Donna, you said I think seven sports in high school. I don't know how you 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 must have the best time management skills of anyone that I've ever known. That's so much time. <laughs> According to my husband, I probably used them all up because he thinks I have none now. So now you just actually <laughs> <laughs> so you just gave me actually the excuse I needed. Yes, I was amazing then, and now I I'm terrible at it. <laughs> I think Donna answered this question perfectly in her intro when she said, sports teach you how to be a good teammate, sports teach you how to be a leader, sports teach you how to win, and more importantly, how to lose and how to weather difficult situations and persevere. Right. Well, I appreciate that. Um, I do. I, I, I think there's also um, the socialization is of a, aspect of about participating in games and also being part of teams. And even if it's an individual sport, there's no individual sport. We don't do anything in life truly alone. And I, I really do believe from a, from a philosophical point of view, life is a team sport. And so to learn these skills early, um, to actually be in touch with our bodies as being um, something that physically works on our own behalf and then connecting our minds and our bodies and understanding how that works is so valuable uh, as we grow into this world. And it's funny, every time I say that now, uh, in this time of COVID, in this time of tremendous turmoil um, that relates to our the way we look at the world and race and police brutality and all that, um, I do feel shifting sands. But fundamentally, our ability to deal with shifting sands is 
responsibility to be in touch with who we are, who we want to be, are the lenses we have on the world. And I would love to add that sports is a great way to share many people's lenses. That's where I learned about my teammates. And they, none of them looked like me growing up playing basketball. I was a suburban girl playing an urban sport. And I feel so blessed by that, you know? And I think all of our kids should have those opportunities, male and female, um, no matter what their economic situation is. Well said. Not only that, sports are a positive activity. With so much negativity in the world today, it's a positive outlet for kids to, you know, be fit, be healthy, um, you know, develop social circles. I mean, there's there's no substitute, in my opinion, for having a sports experience. Yep. And Donna, I think you bring up a good point of change and adversity. I mean, when you're when you're playing a game or a match or whatever, you know, sport you're into at that time and something goes wrong or with golf specifically, you know, all of a sudden I make bogey, 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 and I've got to, you know, pull, pull some good scores out of there. Um, it's really about adversity and managing change and, okay, how do I adapt to the now? And it seems like athletically minded people or someone who has been in that kind of an activity is a little bit more well-suited for that. Absolutely. But I have to just say this, if I got bogey, 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 I would be thinking, yay! It's all all relative. (laughs) It is all relative. Yep. I mean, at this point, I haven't played since September, so uh, I would probably be happy with that as well. (laughs) Oh, man. That's funny. And so moving on through, um, you know, athletics and both of you having leadership roles within athletics, how important is it to specifically have females in leadership positions within sports? I think it's really important for women to see people in leadership roles so they feel like that's a position they can attain, Um, someone who they can model, someone who they can aspire to be. I think it's really important for them to see someone that looks like them um, that they can relate to, Um, regardless of the sport, the leadership, the, you know, you always want to be you know, we're talking about leadership today. So we're always striving to be better versions of ourselves. And I think in that realm to look at women who have been there, done that, or have broken the mold, it's so important to see that, that yes, I can do this too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Listen, I, I, I really believe it's very hard to be what you can't see. I also believe that there's tremendous inequity when we, and we help create inequity when we limit the trajectory of anyone's dreams or possibilities. And therefore we have to make concerted, proactive efforts to enable pathways for all people to reach, you know, nations they want potential. to get to. Mm-hmm. 100%. Definitely. And I, I would almost go a step further. And, and, uh, both of you have been leaders within, um, considerably more male dominant sports. Uh, you know, obviously both of us, all of us being leadership roles in golf. Um, so just kind of talking about being a female leader in a male dominated setting. 
a tough question. I mean, Donna said it best. You've got to you've got to see people in roles and be able to envision yourself accomplishing the goals. I mean, for me, one of the critical pieces, I think, in my success of being able to get a general manager role, I knew that I had to be the most qualified candidate. And in order for me to accomplish that, I went back um, as an MBA student and did my MBA at night. And I truly believe without my MBA, I would not have gotten this position. I think it's because to show the competency of running a business, um, being a true leader and manager of a multifaceted operation that often when we work in corporate America, um, that you have to be able to come to the boardroom and understand, you know, your, the business acumen is so critical. Mm-hmm. For sure. I think that's right. And so, Kathy, you bring up a good point is to really strive for those leadership positions. It sounds like education has been really important to you. Um, I would feel the same way as an education director now for the section. Um, anything that you can do to always further your knowledge, whether that's getting a degree, getting a certification, um, really makes a huge difference. So, Donna, we'll start with you. How has or what role do you see education playing in advancing f- women leaders? Oh, listen, I think education is really important, but when we say education, what do we really mean, right? Um, Does it mean going to getting your PGA card? I mean, is that what we mean by education? Does it mean you have to get your MBA? Or honestly, the education that you get through working, being part of the networks, the informal networks that actually grease the skids, if you would, for being seen, being known, being valued, and then being recommended for jobs. I am sure there are very highly encompasses all of that. Yeah, I'm sure there's very highly educated candidates who find it difficult to break through because they don't have that element of the educational um, I guess what would we call paradigm that I that I feel is so valuable. Agreed. Right? So Definitely. Kathy, how would you expand on that? I mean, coming from someone who has uh, an MBA and and has seen a lot of our section uh, education, what do you think? Well, and I think it really depends where your career goals are. So for me, I wanted to be a general manager. I love the business side of the game of golf. That's where my passion lies. But somebody who is a passionate coach, then their education, to Donna's point, might be calling the best PGA professional or LPGA professional teacher in their area and saying, can I come shadow you for a day? Can, can I watch you teach? Can I learn what you do? And asking questions. I think too often I see young professionals that are not willing to, to put themselves out there and say they don't know. I mean, there's things I don't know. I'm still learning every day, and I think that's important. And I think shadowing and mentoring is critical, and that is a two-way street. I think we have a lot of very talented professionals throughout the country, and um, most of them will always give you some of their time if you just ask. Yes. Right. I've heard that's true, too. Yep. I've heard that from a lot of our uh, more senior or more mentor style professionals in our section is just call me, 
I'm available. I'll rec- I'll return your call. I'll return your email. I'll go have lunch with you. I'll go have coffee with you. You know, all all the all the other professional well, has to do is ask. One hundred percent. And you know, there's no substitute for experience. And I think that is what is so yes, yeah, difficult during this COVID crisis because. Despite having my MBA and taking change management classes, I could have taken every one of those textbooks and <laughs> thrown them in the recycle bin because nothing prepared us for the unprecedented crisis that we're all living through right now. And mm-hmm. so calling friends, colleagues, um, professionals near you to draw upon their experience to try to make better decisions, that's one of the best things we can do. Agreed. I like that for sure. And so kind of looking through what both of you have achieved in leadership, um, would you say that there are any qualities of leadership that women have maybe a more natural affinity towards? So I would tell you this, you know, we're we're always in danger when we generalize across any group of people. That said, research that I have seen that reflects strengths in women's leadership speaks to um, their, you know, women's empathy. Women, you know what I mean? Women, and this is, this is research. This is just not what we think. Um, uh, these, these are things that have been proven in many different, um, you know, research documents and stuff. Uh, in addition, women um, are really good team players, believe it or not. We talk about sports being important, um, but women actually bring people together, um, which is very important as well. And I'm just trying to think, I wish I had it in front of me, some of my um, some of my research-driven stuff. I'm trying to think what else. All right, let me... Empathy was uh, the word know, uh, I was thinking. Definitely. Humility. Right. Women have have the opportunity to take a step back and put others forward. Um, we have resilience. You know, listen, we've been knocked down so many times. Our ability to step back up is something we've learned from a young age, I think. Um, and I think there's one more that I've seen a lot of. Um, maybe persuasiveness, maybe our ability to persuade. Um kindly as opposed to demanding it you know it's about matrix kind of um um what's the word i want it's it's about you can it's about the, a matrix of building consensus which women are very good with as opposed to the, a command and control position so I, I would say those are really good things i i would add to that i think that women leaders tend to be inclusive and tend to try to build teams around them. And they use that. Often you see that they use that approach to problem solving or decision-making. Again, like Donna said, you can't lump everybody into one um, stereotypical leader, but in my experience, that's, that's what I've seen as inclusion. Yes. Yeah, I think those are all really incredible traits. And Donna, you do bring up a good point of it is dangerous to generalize. You know, some yes. some some leaders who are female are not going to have good empathy or not going to be able to, you know, 
be able to do those things as good as maybe a male leader in an, in another position would be able to. So that's a good point. And I thank you for bringing that up. Um, switching gears a little bit, Donna, I would kind of like you to, to expand a little bit on your, um, on your Wowsdom book and program oh, of what you. you do at Generation uh, W. Yes, Generation yep. W. I've had the pleasure of receiving your book at a Southern California Women's Leadership Summit, and I joined one of your um, live Facebook videos last week. And oh, you both, you were at last week. The that one with our- the um, sports psychologist from I think she was from New York. Oh, Jamie Oaken. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Two weeks ago, maybe. Great. Yes, yes, yes. Um, Yeah, we've been having some very powerful conversations. I'm I'm kind of actually, I I experience them clearly. I do them. And then I experience them many days after. They're powerful. You know, I have the book actually in front of me. I've been able to pull different things out of it. Um, I love it. I love how it's structured. I love how it's a exciting read more than just a wall of text and, and stuff like that. Um, again, the, the title is called Wowsdom, the girl's guide to the positive and the possible. Um, some of the sections in the book, I think really, really speak to, it sounds like what your mission is with generation W. Um, you know, embracing the positive, find your passion, explore the possible, can you just expand on, you know, why you why you compiled this book and what it really has meant to what you do with Generation W? Oh, I appreciate that. Sure. Um, when I left the WNBA, which was an incredibly life changing experience, I knew that there were great women everywhere and great people everywhere, and I really wanted to continue the work. Um, that I had begun at the generation at uh, the WNBA. And so um, when I came back to Jacksonville, Florida, which is very much in this, which is very much a Southern city, I'm a Northern girl, but I've lived here over 25 years. uh, I wanted to bring back a gift. And I know that I didn't want to sound not humble because I'm thinking maybe my city didn't want this gift, but I wanted to really build something about thought leadership and especially about women and opportunities and voices being heard and elevated and building community around that. It's, it's really interesting in the, in the world we're living in today. It's, it's kind of what everyone's talking about. We wanted to bring people together, all people together, all sizes, all shapes, all religions, all colors on equal footing to share ideas so that we can all be our best selves, but ultimately build better communities together. Um, when we started the work, we focused on women to begin with, but realized that we didn't want this to be women on the side. It's usually like I worked in girl ghettos. I didn't want to be a girl ghetto. I wanted it to be recognized as an integral and vital part of any organization or community that we all contributed to. And so that really, we really took on the community building part. And then we realized that all of us at heart are girls. <laughs> really, it's true. I mean, when we sit, if you sit with any group of women after a certain time and everyone gets a little comfortable at our hearts, you, you know, we're, we're girls. There's always a girl that's a part of us. And I've always worried about girls coming up. And so we created what we call Generation Wow, which is our girls program and tied it to mentorship. And one in one of our Gen W things, we created this conversation where we had women who were 65 or older and we paired them with teen girls. 
And as they were preparing and with each other, there was almost a force field around them. You couldn't break in. They were absolutely so intentional about the conversations they were having with each other. They were excited by it. And we looked, I looked at that and said, there's something very special here, very special. And I asked the question, what happens when you take the wow of girls and combine it with the wisdom of women? What do you get? And you get wisdom. And I said, you know what? We should write a book for girls. And it is for women. I had a woman who just read it recently and sent me the most beautiful note about how much it meant to her and how much she learned from it. Um, because it's really the authentic sharing of stories from many different perspectives. And in order for us to grow as people, we do well when we hear stories from different perspectives and in different voices. It helps us to take it in, think through it, and then actually process and act on it. Um, and I have a great girlfriend and mentor. Her name is Geraldine Label, and she happens to have written the forward who said, if you're going to do a book, make it different. And so I think what you're referencing, Holly, is that every single page in this book is active. It's colorful. It was hand designed and painted to really integrate not only a wonderful content, but the integration of art and design and layout, which also has positive implications in how we can learn and process. And so um, that's a little longer than I would have liked, but you can tell I am extremely passionate about this work. <laughs> no, absolutely. And that's that's exactly what I'm referring to. I mean, it's, it's a fun read. It's jumping from subject to subject, but all of it is incredibly relevant and incredibly helpful. Um, you can take a lot of different things from it and apply it to a lot of different areas of life, whether that's your professional career, whether that's your mental health, um, whether it's challenging times, trying to get ahead, uh, just leadership in general. And I actually, I flagged a page um, that really made an impact on me as I was reading through it. It's page 21 in the book, Let's Get Comfortable with the Uncomfortable. And I think that's such a powerful message because I've heard a lot of different things from women's summits that women will look at, say, a job description. And it has this laundry list of qualifications. If you don't have one of those qualifications, say, mm, you know what, I'm not qualified. I'm not even going to apply. And it's like, no, get comfortable. It may be a little uncomfortable, but start. You know, start, keep pushing through, push through those doubts, push through the, the little voice in your head that says you can't do it and just go for it. You're never going to learn or you're never going to know how much potential you have unless you try. So that was one of my favorite pages in that book. Oh, I'm so glad because we just, uh, as an organization, as many are doing, released a statement about what's going on in the world today. And it turned out that we released a list of musts, of things we must do. And I, I, I like that accountability. And one of them was finding, you know, learning how to be comfortable in a time of, be, you know, very un being uncomfortable, right? Because change is so uncomfortable and this is a time of change. So um, you will be well prepared for this then. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. And that's, Kathy, you brought up a good point of, of all of the change change management and change leadership classes that you took, you know, we can theorize and strategize about a lot of those things all day long for years, but until you're actually here, you really don't know how you're going to react or what the best reaction is to move you and your organization forward. So I think, I think that was a really good point. Thank you. Um, 
I can just tell you that nobody's perfect and anyone in any leadership position has made many, many mistakes. But all that you can do is take each decision, each situation, do the best you absolutely can given the circumstances. And, you know, sometimes there's going to be roadblocks, but you have to keep moving forward, make the ethical decision, make the best decision for the organization at the time. And then if that's not the right one, then you zag or zig, and then you move on to the next task or challenge. I agree. I agree, Kathy. Yeah, for sure. And that, that kind of even circles back to one of Donna, one of your first points um, in our intro is it sports don't, don't just teach you how to succeed or teach you how to win. They teach you how to fail. And that's failing, whether that's gracefully or learning from your mistakes and things like that. Um, we actually mentioned that exact topic on a different podcast episode, but um, I think it was around our positive coaching episode that it's okay to make those mistakes. It's okay to move forward through something and consider it a learning experience versus every single thing you ever do in your career has to be a win because it doesn't. Right. Well, and, and I would also address that in terms of women feeling everything we have to do, the expectation is perfection, which is truly unattainable and actually demoralizing and works as a deterrent from us actually moving forward. Um, and I think they're related, actually, in that way. I, I have a stick of note on my computer that says perfection is an illusion. Right. <laughs> and I think in that talk I gave in Southern California, I speak to the fact that perfect is the enemy of go. If you have, if you believe you have to get perfect, you'll never get off the dime. Um, so the other thing I was going to just maybe have you talk about was that um, Gen Wow uh, series that you do as well. Um, I had a chance to, like I said, be on that live um, Facebook video that was very interactive, but maybe talking a little bit about what you cover in that program, because it seems like a lot of um, more broad ideas and, and things like that. So if you wouldn't mind expanding on some of the programs and things that you do yeah. through that. Well, you know, we, um, the, the cornerstone of our workers is, an, is a, an event called Generation W. It happens once a year, usually in April. This year we had to postpone it. It's going to be in September. We will make it virtual. I do believe in Florida that, that we will be in certain spaces in certain numbers because we're opening up so much quicker than anyone else. Um, mm -hmm. And it's a real, it's a thought leadership plat platform that's all around educating, inspiring, connecting women, girls, and building community. Men are absolutely invited. And then we have spinoffs of that. We had a thing called Refresh, which is everybody leaves that kind of event, um, like walking on air, feeling so inspired, motivated. But more than that, really feeling a call to action to do things in their lives and the lives of people around them, which is fantastic. We all need that all the time. And so we created this thing called Refresh that said, you know what, we should be refreshing our spirits. We should be getting together in smaller groups. We should be realizing and enjoying that kind of content, putting our brains to use, getting our hearts to beat a little faster and making those connections and joining hands. And so when, um, <laughs> when we all had to shelter in place, we said, let's take this idea of refresh and move it to virtual. And so we've been doing refresh uh, since I don't know, March, I guess. And we call on a lot of the Generation W community who we know are authentic people who are 
motivated to share their stories and help others in a community that shows up very authentically. And so that's what you got to experience for the Jamie Olkin show, which was really outstanding, who was really dealing with people from where they're at in terms of experience angst. I mean, at that point, it was all about COVID. Now it's all the angst and pain about the racism and the structural inequities that we're all experiencing and hoping now to bring change to. And so we, we, we roll where our community is and try to address it with the great quality people that we do. We tell stories, we share. Um, and I love the sharing part. Lots of questions that come in and people willing to put themselves out there. So it's, it's, uh, it's wonderful work. Kudos to you. I think it's amazing. Yeah, so we, you know, we'd love to have you, all of your audience join us. I mean, so let's see, it would be 10 o'clock on Wednesday mornings, Colorado time, which, okay. would, be, which would be wonderful. And then we also do, um, we do closed virtual WOW clubs for teen girls. And we're running a pilot this summer in Charlotte, North Carolina. We have some in New York City. We do Orlando, Jacksonville. And so... Um, I was supposed to actually be out in Steamboat Springs for a girls event in May. I was so looking forward to it. And um, unfortunately, it had to be postponed as well. Awesome. Yeah. And you can find those on the, is it the Gen Wow Facebook page? Uh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Perfect. Absolutely. Yeah, I would encourage anyone listening to um, attend attend those live Facebook conversations. Um, her guests are incredible. Donna's incredible, and and the the content within those videos is incredibly, like you said, and the title's perfect. Refreshing, you know, you get to think about it with other like minded people and come up with solutions. See what everybody else is doing. See how they're feeling. Kind of check in on yourself and and see how everything is working out. And, and so that was a really great experience for me. I'm sure I'll do, do a few more of those. So those are oh, really helpful. I hope so. We're having actually um, John Gordon join us. Well, I don't know when this is going to air. So we have John Gordon coming up and then we're going to do a, a focus on some of the uh, teams who are stepping out and leading in the world today and focus on their thinking, their actions and their recommendations for all of us. That sounds great. Thank you. Donna, thank you so much for your time today and sharing your wisdom with us and our listeners. And Holly, thank you so much for putting all this together. Um, you know, if just one just one person listens and, you know, gives them motivation to make a change or to continue their career or improve themselves, then that's a win. I'm all with you. And that's, yeah, that's the win we want all the time. Absolutely. Well, Donna Orender, Kathy Matthews-Kane, thank you both so much for joining us for this episode of the Elevation Podcast Series hosted by the Colorado PGA. Mm-hmm.